0: We are a Brotherhood, choosing to lock arms, banded together, diverse, yet unified. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Welcome to the Brotherhood Podcast, the Brocast, if you will. I am Evan Uitaki. I have Matt Schrader here with me again. Uh, hopefully, you've listened to the, our first episode and you have a little bit better understanding of what this is and what we're trying to do. Uh, we're in a kind of uh, we're in a u- unique situation um, because the the Bridenstine, uh, breakfast was one that we had, uh, a couple weeks ago and it wasn't actually recorded. And they, they had asked it not be recorded just in case, uh, you know, he had talked about some stuff like that, uh, was you know, sensitive to his position or whatever else. But because of this format and because of what we're doing, we do have an opportunity to talk a little bit about some of the the talking points that he had. I think there was a lot of really great stories in there, uh, we'll, that we'll try to kind of, uh, recreate in some capacity and then share our thoughts, uh, So if you were not able to make the breakfast, hopefully this will be a good supplemental to that but ultimately uh, if you have an opportunity to make it to the breakfast we strongly encourage you to do so uh, and uh, man there's an exciting one coming up with Brett Wilson we also have an exciting prayer event uh, coming up November 2nd so depending on when this is released if you have an opportunity to register for that uh, we have an election coming up I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, what's going on in the political world uh, and we just want to cover the our leaders and that entire process with prayer and just hand it over over to God and just give that opportunity, uh, take the take the opportunity to recognize that we really don't have that much control of what's going on. Uh, we do have a voice and we do have an, uh, an opportunity to um, use some of the tools that God's given us to uh, pray for our leaders and ultimately uh, put ourselves in a position that no matter who's in charge uh, from a person standpoint, that we have peace knowing that God's ultimately in charge. So anyway, with that, Matt, hello, say hello to everybody. How are you doing? Uh, and Let's jump
1: into this. Hello, Evan. Man, it's good to be back again with you, of course. Such a great opportunity uh, to have a little bit of conversation about a really cool topic, something that I don't know about you, but I got into when I was a kid. I mean, space was way cool when I was a kid, and then it like disappeared, and now it's back. Like, what more could you ask for as an adult And Space in Bridenstine, the NASA administrator. I mean, this guy knew more about space than I would have learned in all my high school career. It was tremendous, the history lesson he gave us just on space launch missions. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, I'm a little nervous because we're going to talk rocket science today, and supposedly that's the most difficult thing. So <laughs> if we if we can navigate this, we we'll, we can navigate a lot. So um, anyway, let's jump into it because there, I think there's a lot here, and uh, we want to we want to try to get as much of this content in as we possibly can. Uh, one of the first things that Jim uh, really talked about that kind of struck me was uh, uh, Johnny introduced him, and uh, there's a little bit of a history between Johnny and Jim uh, when Jim decided to. Uh, run for Congress, uh, Johnny was a part of that marketing and, and advertising for him to win that congressional seat. And so I, I I don't know that I knew that there was that history there. I think that's, that maybe was why Johnny had maybe access to Jim in, in that capacity. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Jim made a really strong point where he was talking about that God puts people into your life uh, where you are. And ultimately, you don't necessarily know like where those uh, things are going, or what? What God is working in that entire process, but those power—the the power of those relationships—is preparing you for something. And I don't know that Jim saw director of NASA uh, in his future or in his in his path of, of leadership, but God saw that and He put strategic people in His life to get him to where he needed to be, so he could win that congressional seat and ultimately be nominated to be the director of NASA and for me that was that was a really cool moment to kind of look back uh, and reflect about some of the cool things that God's done in my life and hopefully uh, you, you kind of take an opportunity to look at Jim reflecting on some of the the instrumental people
1: in his life that got him to ultimately where he is today yeah I tell you what's incredible is he started out with a moment of this of obedience with him. And what we didn't realize is he was going to take us to a couple more moments historically that happened through the space program over the years that God moved through. Moved through a moment with him, moved through a moment with several of the astronauts. And really, I came away with this idea that it's similar to what you're talking about. Moment after moment after moment, you may not know what God is doing, but it's important that you're obedient to step out in those moments. You know, he mentioned stepping out and running for office was a pretty far reaching thing for him to do. And yet here he is now making an impact in our government for an incredible good, both just good in the natural sense, but also for Christ as a witness.
0: Yeah. He's, he's in a situation where, uh, you know, you're looking at like something that is like a huge human accomplishment in terms of, you know, going to outer space and setting audacious goals and you're doing what I would classify in some cases uh, the impossible, like the idea of going to Mars, I guess is feasible. Like I, I know that it's something that we potentially could do. Um, but until it's been done, it feels impossible. It feels like this, this insurmountable thing that you're trying to accomplish. And, uh, you know, to see somebody in that role and the walking through that role, uh, uh, with, you know, with the challenges that are put in front of them and how they're navigating that and how they're leading through that and how they're, uh, you know, bringing others alongside them with that. That's something that I think is really cool and and really encouraging. I think one of the things that uh, I really wanted to hit on with uh, this part of it, which is not even like a big part of what he talked about, was that he had to steward himself well in all the different uh, phases of life that he was in. So ultimately, you know, he was in the... uh, I think he was in the Air Force. I, wa- I don't want to get this wrong. He was either in the Navy or the Air Force. I want to say it's the Air Force. Uh, and then he went into and uh, became a, a civil a civilian, worked at the Tulsa Air and Space Museum. Uh, you know, uh, led himself well in that, and then ultimately went into uh, a congressional role. But if you look at each of those phases, I think it would have been easy for him to maybe, you know, sit back in some of those and just say, well, you know, I know my purpose is bigger than the Air and Space Museum. Or I know my purpose is bigger than this congressional seat. I just don't know what that is. But he had to steward himself well in in the phase of life that he was in, that season of life that he was in, so that he could ultimately get to that next season, which was way bigger than, you know, anything that he had done before. But God was preparing him through that entire
1: process. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, and especially the word stewardship. I think we talked about that before, but, you know, if you go back to that parable that Jesus taught, Matthew 25, it's where we get our idea of stewardship and Christianity and the idea that you're faithful over small, then you're given more, then given more, and given more. And that is his story right now. You know, little small decisions that he made have led to really big opportunities, big opportunities of responsibility. And I think it points out to us as men in this brotherhood how important our each day-to-day decisions are being responsible, a steward over what you have in your hand. You know, what I loved about his story is he kind of brought us up to speed. He did well at the Tulsa Air and Space Museum. And then, of course, in his congressional seat, that led to being nominated by the president to leader NASA. Now he's doing well here, like you said, going to Mars. Well, that's all reflective of being just really a small businessman when he started and then growing to a place of national prominence through what Jesus taught about was stewardship. He was just faithful over small things. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're faithful over the small things
0: and you're ultimately going to be faithful in the big things. And the big things are, right now, the plan is to go to the moon. And so he talked a little bit about the Artemis uh, project, which is uh, Artemis is the twin sister of Apollo. So he, he he definitely was talking about the future a little bit of you know where things are going. There's a, a commercial space program that he's basically trying to bring other people alongside. Instead of having NASA do everything on their own, he's trying to bring commercial business into space. And he talked about some really cool things about uh, what you can do in space in terms of the resources that are available on the moon, as well as things that you can do on the International Space Station, which, you know, for, for, for me, I actually had a really cool opportunity to go to NASA and to see one of those launches of one of those rockets. And the amazing thing was how much money they were having to pay to go to space on a Russian uh, rocket or some of the other uh, rockets that were going back and forth to the, the to the space station. So now from American soil uh, on American rockets, sending Americans back into space like that. Uh, Uh, alone is a huge accomplishment because of, you know, the retirement of the shuttle program. So that in itself is just this really exciting thing that's going on. But, you know, to have the opportunity to, you know, what he said, to take a diverse group of people to the moon, we'll have hopefully, uh, you know, the first woman on the moon, uh, which I think is really exciting too. So just, you know, taking uh, more and more steps towards uh, ultimately a sustainable, um, a sustainable path to doing more things into space, which ultimately the goal is Mars. And so he talked a little bit about that, which is pretty exciting. But he kind of took a step back from that and and really started to talk about the Apollo 8 mission, which this was like kind of a history lesson for me. This was something that, you know, for me, I wasn't quite familiar with all of the stakes that were involved uh, with uh, Apollo 8. But the interesting thing was a lot of the things that were going on to, that are going on today, we're going on around the same time, maybe not in the same scale, but we're going on back in 1968 for the Apollo 8 mission, and I don't, I don't know that there's a ton of people in my generation that kind of think about it. Like we know Apollo 13 because we had the movie, uh, and we know a little bit about uh, what Apollo 11 when we did land on the moon. So th- those are the two like kind of well-known Apollos. But they're, the Apollo 8 mission uh, and and just everything that led up to going to the moon, uh, he talked about that in detail. And really, the it, the it, interesting thing for us was the reason that we accelerated that process. So uh, I'll talk a little bit about this, uh, uh, about what he what he kind of shared. Um, and there was a, it was a space race, and so the United States and Russia were trying to prove their technological prowess, and 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 ultimately. What was happening was the Soviets were were winning a lot of this race. Uh, they were getting um, they were getting their rockets launched. They were they were accomplishing you know kind of the, the steps that they were taking towards getting into space. And ultimately, what they did is they launched Sputnik, which got a rocket into or a satellite into orbit, and it was just kind of orbiting the Earth, and it was it was beeping. It was just sending, you know, transmissions back and forth. And the really in- interesting thing for me with, with something like that, in, in this kind of space race and everything else, there was a lack of information. Like, we didn't know necessarily what we know now. So, you know, if you're an American in 1968 and you find out that the Russians have launched something into space and it's orbiting space now and it has this, you know, you know technology that can communicate from outer space— it actually put a lot of fear into people. And I think that for me, it was it was really interesting to kind of hear some of the history of that, which uh, I don't know that it's super fearful to have a satellite in space, at least it's not for us now, but it was really fearful for them then because they didn't know, they didn't they didn't know what that meant. They thought, well, if they can put that into space, they can take something out of space. Or if they can put that into space, they can, you know, they can launch rockets and and nuclear weapons into us, uh, you know, on the other side of the world. If they if they can go into outer space, they can kind of do whatever else. And so this fear is just just building and building and building. And in the meantime, the United States launches launches Apollo Eight, and what ultimately happens is. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I think it's Apollo Six. Yeah, so Apollo Six, they test this rocket, uh, trying to do what Apollo was doing, what uh, the, the Soviets were doing, and it's a failure. Like it's an utter failure. The the rocket is vibrating like it's it's not supposed to. The engines aren't firing when they're supposed to. Uh, and then there's this this other engine that that uh, you're supposed to take you into orbit around the moon. It's, it's supposed to fire multiple times. That doesn't happen. So there's this huge failure that's happening all around the rocket program. And this is, ni- so this is 1968. And they find out the next day after their their rocket lands and, and just, just doesn't do what it's supposed to do that the Soviets are going to be orbiting the moon by the end of the year. And it just, it just crushes everybody because they're like, man, we either need to just scrap it and just go or we need to double down. And uh, I think that was a huge moment for, for America uh, to kind of just, you know, dig deep and say, you know, what kind of country are we going to be? Are we going to be a country that lives in fear or are we going to be a country that, 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 that goes
1: after, you know, the audacious goal? Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out um, because you said this earlier that a bit of the environment was similar to the environment we feel right now. There is some international fear going on, you know, at that time, domestically uh, the uh, there's protests in Vietnam. There's a lot of other protests going on. I mean, we're starting, a lot of the stuff we're actually speaking to now, even with uh, pro-life or pro-life. Yeah, there was assassinations. There. Yeah. Assassinations, I mean, JFK, Martin Luther King, like so many things, there's racial issues going on. There's a lot of tension. And I think it's easy to, as in society and as men, to think we are in this one isolated place that has never happened before. We are so unique in our challenges that it must keep us down. The failure we face is solely personal to us and nobody has ever overcome this. And that's not true. You know, we're talking about a time and and Jim brings this out. And it's great because we're leading up to a great moment that God worked through. But Jim brings this out that, Wow, we're sitting in some of the pressure then, like we're sitting now, and yet God made men to rise up, face that challenge, face a failure that you took. I mean, utter failure, engines, um, the rocket, the whole deal. And then, of course, we move to the next step. We get to Apollo 8. And here you are recapping with Jim and we're about to walk into an incredible moment that God moves into. And I just can't help but think that maybe we're on the verge of that kind of moment right now.
0: Yeah, I, well, I think that's hope. I think that's I think we we look at our situation and we first of all kind of step back and say, this is a time that's unique to us. Like nobody's had to go through you know as much of a division that we have right now or social unrest that we have right now, and it feels like it's like it's just been building and building and building. But in 1968, they were dealing with the exact same thing. Uh, they were dealing with all of all of these things, and I, I think. Th- one of the amazing things about all this so apollo 6 is like april of 1968 and apollo 8 is christmas eve of 1968 so they they had they had these rockets that were supposed to do all this stuff it didn't do what it was supposed to do and then they just said you know what screw it. we're going to double down we're going to make this happen and we're going to launch it and get it get it done before the end of the year so we're going to beat the russians into outer space And that was like, by the time they decided that, that was August of, of, uh, 68, according to Jim. And, and when, when they decided to do that, they had, they had four months to figure this out. And so just accomplishing all that in itself is just an amazing, amazing feat. And it's a huge risk, right? It's, it's this huge, audacious goal That they're working towards. uh, He said that the astronauts were told that they had a 50 50 shot of of returning home. Think
1: about that. 50 50. Think about that. (laughs) 50 50. You're going to go into space and it's a 50 50 shot. And don't forget to mention, this is Christmas Eve. So, like, we're talking about should be a night of happiness and your family's going to be sitting there tense because they don't know if you're coming home the next morning. You know, they're fixing to broadcast broadcast this across the world if they can. And it is, I mean, what I came away from is just the benefit of focus when things get so clear and so important in your life that you have one focus how much we can actually accomplish with that
0: oh man yeah there's i mean that's a whole other conversation in itself but i think i think what jim was was going towards with with all this and 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 I think the culmination of all of it is you have these astronauts and the world is watching. I think he said one out of every four people watched uh, the United States orbit the moon. And so there's this, there's this huge opportunity for the astronauts to go, look at all that we've done. Look at all that we've accomplished. Look at, look at what our focus has created. It's created the ability to go all the way to the moon, circle around it multiple times, orbit it, and then come back home and and do that safely but when tasked with the opportunity to transmit a message to essentially the world the astronauts were put in this unique situation of uh, or a unique decision of of what do we do what do we say we're going to have we're going to have the attention of not just the world but history uh, on the on the shoulders of this amazing accomplishment this amazing mankind accomplishment and when jim uh started to quote what they said you could you could tell he got choked up and and jim when he's passionate about something like he, he he gets emotional and i could i could tell he was fighting it fighting it back a little bit uh but what the astronauts read was genesis 1 1 through 9 and uh
1: i, I mean i i had chills i don't know about you i did yes when i cuz i didn't know and what i uh, without speaking to I, – I found it surprising that I did not know that, and yet not surprising because most of public school education is not going to bring that kind of stuff through. But when he started reading that, I thought, wow, they had the guts to read that in the midst of – it's not like they lived in the 50s or the 40s where all this stuff was accepted. It was just – Scripture was just as much rejected then in the 1960s and 70s as it is right now. So it would be like standing up right now and declaring Scripture over something in the midst of not just your uh, public congregation, but we're talking about the world. That's tremendous strength and courage to do that. Yeah, I—
0: I think that it was a very intentional decision, Uh, uh, and I think that Jim's point was, you know, there's going to be a time coming uh, in your life, Uh, you know, part of your purpose is going to be, you know, put on display, whether it be a a massive achievement, a a massive business deal, a massive... I don't know. Like adversity creates a stage for you to, to to have a voice. And I think that the adversity of trying to get into orbiting around the moon created this stage for them. And the spotlight was on them. And they chose to point back to their creator. They chose to point back to, to Christ and, and, and really share the gospel with the world. And, you know, I, I'm trying to think about, like, you know, fathom, you know, if I'm in this position, if I'm in a position like that, is is that what I do? Is that is that how I lead myself? It, is, it, does my pride get in the way of my ability uh, to point back to God? And I think that my key takeaway from, from that moment that he was talking about, because I feel like they chose correctly. Like, I feel like that's definitely the thing that, you know, I would hope somebody would do and I hope that I would do. But I also know myself and I know that, you know, there's, there's those times when I'm just like, man, like, like I've done this, like I've, I've strived, I've, I've, you know, I've worked crazy hours to accomplish this thing. And I've poured myself into this, like my, my works, right. My, my things that I, uh, I have done, or I think that I've done. And I, I just want to bask in that moment for a second. And they had, they had all the justification in the world to do that. And they didn't, they, they, they chose correctly. And they chose to say, not, not because of me, but God, not because of us, not because of America, but God. And it, and it gave an opportunity for people behind the iron curtain and in countries all around the world, which... Uh, you know, Jim had said that Christmas because so this happened on Christmas Eve. Christmas was illegal uh, in Russia <laughs> behind the Iron Curtain. Yes. yeah. So they're sharing a, a, this message with the world to people that maybe have never heard it before, and you know that just that just blew my mind. But I'm I'm just so grateful that we have leadership examples of of guys like those astronauts that that chose to you know step aside and 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 let God steal the show. Yeah,
1: that's tremendous. You know, we're talking about some momentary decisions, you know, things that were made at the right moment in front of everyone. And it reminds me, and I think he even spoke to this, that it comes in our daily decisions. That those daily moments we have, where we have an opportunity to sit and bask in our small accomplishment. And really most of my all of my accomplishments in comparison to going to space are small. And we had that moment to bask in that. And we really have a choice there to give credit to God. And we don't necessarily have to give it to Him from a verbal sense like they did. But in our heart, we have a chance to give credit to God in that moment and realize his sovereignty and he's working through us to accomplish these things or to try to add a little credit to ourselves, try to stand our own two feet in our own proverbial foundation. And those kind of choices over time lead to that kind of witness in that moment you're called upon.
0: And they actually had a second opportunity uh, with this as well. I mean, so that was Apollo Eight. He, he talked a little bit about that, uh, and then he, he then he kind of skipped forward a little bit to Apollo Eleven. So this is this is the mission that they actually land on the moon, the surface of the moon. And so there's there's humans walking on the moon for the first time, and uh, it's kind of funny because again, I, I, it, this is again so 1969, I think. So it's 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 some time has passed a little bit but they they read the scripture over over the broadcast from you know orbiting the moon in apollo 8 and and they actually got the nasa got sued by atheists uh because they didn't want people reading scripture uh, uh on the on the broadcast and so I was just like man that that feels like that feels a little bit like today uh so that's 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 normal um but you know again a huge accomplishment. Not, not only have we uh, orbited the moon, but now we've landed on the moon. We're putting our first, our first footprints on the moon. And the, the, they knew there was going to be another broadcast and they were specifically instructed, you know, don't read any more scripture on the moon. Uh, But Buzz Aldrin had basically said, well, I want to do something um, that kind of, again, gives, you know, you know, kind of reflects to our our creator. Uh, and so his, his plan was to take communion on the moon. And so, you know, the, the really cool thing about this is they didn't actually broadcast it, but he kind of gave a, a more common is you know, whoever and wherever you may be, let's pause for a moment and think about the events of the last few hours and give thanks. And, and with that, he turned off the microphone and they actually uh, took communion on the moon. And the cool thing to think about uh, that Jim really kind of reflected on was that the first food consumed on the moon and the first drink poured and consumed on the moon was communion. And it was, to me, it was almost like, it was almost like, you know, giving our 10% is it's giving that back to God and saying, God, how can you use this and and really kind of, you know, take this uh, this moment of accomplishment and immediately giving our best to him and i i, I just kind of stood back from that for a moment and and again you know this you know i want to encourage you just as you're as you hear things like this you know h- how do you walk away from a uh, a really cool message from somebody who's you know in an influential lo- role like jim's you know he's he's the director of nasa and and i i often find myself sitting at a table and i'm just hearing all this great stuff and i go man that's really nice and then I walk away and I forget about it. But what I want to challenge people to do, and what I challenge myself to do now, is you know walk away from that and and say, you know, how would I act in that that situation? What would what would I do? Uh, w- you know, how, how does that impact me? Am I giving my my best to, to God when I'm in that situation? Am I am I am I releasing my grip and my control on these things uh, because I see great examples of what happens when other people do? And am I positioning myself to be in a situation where I would be willing to do that and say, not because of what I've done, but because of what God's done. And I'm giving that back to him. I'm, I'm honoring him with this platform. I'm honoring him with this moment.
1: Yeah, that's a tremendous statement because it is what we've got to start internalizing. You know, and that's why I encourage men to come to the breakfast because there's an opportunity in that moment. You know, when we end it, it's usually in with prayer. And that's that opportunity for God to speak to your heart and and give you that step. for, For Buzz Aldrin, it was taking communion on the moon. What is it for you? You know, what is it for me? What is it my step? What it, What am I doing after great accomplishments that remind me and then give tribute to the Father to say, you know what, through you, in you is how I've done this. It is because of you, Paul says over, over and over and over. It says it's because of Christ on the inside of us that anything gets done, anything worthwhile, anything eternal for sure. And those are the things that I think when you sit down and you, whether it's listening to a message on the podcast of anybody that spoke or when you come to the breakfast next month, when you're listening out there, listen with an ear of how does this land here? How does it land in my life, in the middle of my world? And what's the next step to reflect what I'm hearing God do in somebody else's life? Yeah,
0: reflect on it and then act on it. I mean, I think the the action part. Uh, after the reflection is really important. Is like, how do we implement this into our daily lives and into our walk? And again, going into the leadership roles that we have, you know, how are we demonstrating that for the next generation, for our, for our families and our kingdoms, like we talked about in the last episode? So, you know, all those different things are things that really can kind of, uh, you know, be key takeaways from you from from moments like that. You know, that's how it struck me. It may have struck you different. It may it may have uh, you know kind of hit a, a completely different chord for you. But I think it's important to really take the the content that we have from these you know these influential uh, people that that are or or these successful people or whoever it may be that we get to hear from uh, from the breakfasts and and from some of the conversations that we have and and try to implement that into our lives and try to try to you know say you know how can I how can I use that in my kingdom in in my leadership in in my in my uh, realm of influence and I think that's really important. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about, uh, when they're flying back from the moon, because yes. I think this was, uh, yeah, I was going to bring this, it up. Yeah, this is uh well, why don't you go ahead and talk about it? Cause this, this is for me, like my, my, my favorite moment, which made me feel completely significant and insignificant
1: at the same time. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully we're talking about the same moment. If not, we can talk about it too, but I mean, so what, you know, if you had just told me, if, he, if if Bridenstine had just told the story of Buzz Aldrin taking communion on the moon and flying back, I'd have been, that's all I needed. That was great. Just to learn that that had happened, was, I was so like, you know, it's like something wells up on the inside of you, that God part of you that's like, wow, that's amazing. I'm so proud to be a Christian. I'm so proud to be a part of a community of followers of Christ. And then to find out on the way back, it's like... And I can't speak for Buzz Aldrin, but it's like he was like, you know what, let's just take this to another level. And in the midst of flying back, he begins to read over the loudspeaker now, another set of scripture. And it's Psalms 8, 3 through 4. And and it is, I mean, it's goosebumps when you, because it does, it puts you in a point where you're like, oh, wow, God is huge. And yet so small and close to me all at the same time. You know, he reads, I'm going to read it here. Psalms 8, 3, 3, 4. It says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? What a, I, I just see the love of Christ pouring out of that scripture in a way when Buzz Aldrin reads that coming back from the moon and he reads that out loud that God's love pierces my heart and it's just like, wow, why? Because the moon becomes so big when you realize somebody traveled there and how, what it took to get there. And then the fact that that's just a blip on the radar screen for what God cares about us. I mean, I I, I was, that was the bonus for me, walking out of the message with that. I was ready to go. I mean, run through a wall, that kind of feeling. Like, I mean, I was bummed it was Friday. I was hoping it'd be Monday at that point. <laughs>
0: Well the good news is we were in sync with uh with what we were talking about because that was exactly the moment that I was thinking of because when he when he explained it and I sometimes I feel like it's you need somebody who understands the vastness of space who understands like how big and grandiose it is like what it took to get to the moon was definitely like just an audacious goal it was it was outrageous and and getting to Mars as as a next step is again it that much more like it's fathomable now, but it'd be like going—I don't know—to a different galaxy, galaxy, maybe in 1968. Like it's just—it just, you know, going to the moon is one thing, but going to Mars, like that's a whole—that's a whole different animal, right there. But to understand like how big our galaxy is, and how big other galaxies are, and just the utter vastness of space, and to take that moment and just reflect—you know—who am I that the creator of this, the heavens and the earth? would would consider and be mindful of me you know and that's I, th- I think sometimes people will get into this moment where they just don't think that they're worth anything they 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 haven't found their purpose they haven't found you know and maybe they've had some failures in their life and, or some struggles in their life and they just feel insignificant and i do like when i hear about the vastness of space i feel insignificant Uh, When I, when I go up in an airplane, I just look down, like all my problems feel really small because just the vastness of just this earth, like you just, you just look down and you're from 40,000 feet. You're like, oh my gosh, like it it really doesn't matter. (laughs) Like it it doesn't, but then you go even, you go even further and further and further away. And, you know, God's created this, this enormous thing and just how insignificant of a part of it we potentially are but he would send his son to die for us he would he would create all of this for us and that question of who am i that you would be mindful of me you're his son you're his daughter you you are you know you are the reason for all of it uh you know i've heard the, the people say like if you were the only person in this world christ would still die for you it's it's that whole you know he leaves the 99 for the one and i i think that you know, if you're struggling today with, you know, that feeling of insignificance, or you're struggling with like, you know, what, what is my what is my real purpose? Or or what do I even have a purpose? Did God create that for me? You know, he he did. He created the heavens and the earth. I think a purpose for you is just it's super easy for him compared to all of the other things that he has going on, the level of detail that he's created and to have that ability to recognize my worth to him and my significance to him, it puts a lot of responsibility back on my shoulders uh, to not screw it up. And the challenge is I think I screw it up a lot, but uh, you know that's where his grace comes in and that's that's where uh, you know we're in a situation where we have to continually remind ourselves of our worth in Christ and our responsibility in Christ to continue to point back to
1: him. Cause that's really always, that's the, that's the best thing we can do is point back to him. Yeah, that's tremendous. It takes me back when I get overwhelmed. So I can get overwhelmed by that sense of like, wow, you know, if I mess up here, or then it causes this mistake here, or this here, or this here. I bring myself back and I rem- remember it's about obedience it's about obedience. And I, I think back to how Jim started. It was about obedience to sit down in a coffee shop with some friends and tell them, you know what, I'm going to run for office. And then that led to another step. That led to another step. That's what I'm looking for. When I'm concerned about how significant I am or the vastness of things and how insif- insignificant I may be, I start to think, okay, what's the step I can take? What's th- What did God tell me to do? How can I be obedient to that? And then I can move on to the next thing he tells me to do. Because ultimately, it's his responsibility to hold that all in his hands. It's my responsibility to do what he says. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I think we covered most of it. Um, but I want to get kind of your thoughts on that. Because I think you asked me last time what my key takeaways uh, were from you know hearing Lee's message. And I, I I'd be curious to turn it back around on you. What were your key
1: takeaways from what Jim talked about to the group? Yeah, that's a great question. So the communion thing was a big thing for me. I started this year taking communion with my family every month, just kind of giving the month over to, you know, the Lord and putting him in sovereignty. You know, I to just be a jag, like you called it the other day, uh, just another guy. I deal with, it's a big crazy word, but sovereignty. I deal with it. I want to be sovereign over my life. Like, I want to call the shots. I want to make the decisions. And he's given me a lot of responsibility. I mean, I I get an opportunity to make a lot of the decisions, if not all the decisions for my life, for my time, for my money, for everything. And I still struggle with, God, I want to do it my way. God, I want to do it the way. But then at the same time, out of the same mouth, I'm like, but I want to make a big impact for you. And what I have to remind myself and what that communion moment did for me is remind me that when I give my sovereignty over to him, then he gives me the freedom to walk in a moment. And whether it's big on a large stage, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm really more talking about, is it big for my family? Do I say the thing that's needed to say when my kid needs to hear me say it? You know, when my wife needs to be able to rely on me, am I there rather than somewhere else, you know, whether it's mentally or physically. And that's what it came away is Buzz took communion on the moon. I don't know what's going through his head, but he turns the mic off. He says, you know what? I'm going to put away the fanfare of doing this for everybody else on the mic. And I'm going to do this alone, me and Neil Armstrong. We're going to personally dedicate this mission and this time to God. And then a few hours later or however long it is later, he ends up reading something over the loudspeaker that I love what Jim brought out. The whole world was likely listening at that moment. The whole world was hearing scripture. And then he goes on to say, it's not just one out of every one person that heard him. It's more than that, because now that recording has been played over and over and over and over. So because of, I would say, now, this is my opinion looking at the situation. Because of Buzz Aldrin's obedience in that moment on the moon, he was able to broadcast or give God an opportunity to broadcast his love to the whole world and and beyond. That's what I came away with that breakfast with.
0: Yeah, I think there's more fulfillment in that than potentially saying, I went to the moon and back. Uh you, I I I would have I would have regret if I if i had just you know gone like i'm the first guy on the moon or i'm the second guy on the moon but you know i'm in this very elite club where there's not there's not many people that have been able to accomplish what i have accomplished what i have done like i would start to define myself as you know evan the astronaut or buzz the astronaut and uh, or buzz this you know one of the first people on the moon i mean that's like that just feels warm and fuzzy like it's 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 just this awesome thing that that you get to claim but I think that I would have regret I, and and so that's where again where where Jim talked about they chose correctly because I don't think Buzz has any regrets about what he said on the broadcast or what he did on the moon. And that's something that you can't you can't go back and fix. I mean, I guess Buzz could go back to the moon if we get back there in the next couple of years cuz you know he's still he's still around and kicking and get, get another shot, but he, he's not going to have the platform, right? Like he's not going to have, you know, that many people listening. He's not going to have the history written with that moment, and if I if I were to fumble that moment, uh, and, and and just say something dumb, because I've I've seen plenty of uh, instances where people do dumb things in big moments, and I think that that would that would there wouldn't be peace in that for me. That I wouldn't feel fulfilled in that moment. And I think sometimes we just don't think about the repercussions or the mo- the size of the impact that we can make in. The little things and in the big things. And so, you know, I would, I would encourage you just, and I'm talking to myself here as well, uh, you know, that if I, if I find myself in that moment, you know, what, what am I going to do with it? And is it really about me? Is it about my brand and, and my last name and, you know, my legacy? I mean, we want legacy, right? We want, we want something, we want to, uh, make a difference in the world, but, I don't know that it has to be me, and I think that you know f- there's a temporary, uh, there's a temporary like uh, you know pleasure that comes from that, but I don't think it's a lasting legacy like what Buzz has for for something like that, and and that is something that is is a challenge to me to you know take the moments that I have take the influence that I have, take take the platforms that I have and, and the adversity that I'm about to face. And know, first of all, in that adversity, you know, if I give it to God, then he's going to give me those moments to reflect back to him. But if I carry it the whole way, I own it. <laughs> I own the failure. And so, you know, having that opportunity to go to the moon and, and that 50-50 chance on Apollo 8 to just go there and come back. I mean, you know, if I'm in Vegas, those are good odds. You know, a 50-50, that's pretty good. But what, if it's my life <laughs> and I have a family and I have kids, like I get it. You're, you know, these guys are astronauts and and they are, they're, you know, they've built them themselves for uh, an opportunity like this. But you know those that's an ego position like that that position right there is like if you're a test pilot and you're going into outer space <laughs> that's you're all ego and uh and they even in that moment they chose correctly and i think i think
1: that's absolutely amazing and and, and awesome i can't stress enough how important it is to be at the breakfast unfortunately They don't get the opportunity of listening to the actual message from Bridenstine. You you can listen to others. But still, being at the breakfast is the moment you want to capture each month. Yeah, absolutely. I think
0: especially, you know, there was a lot of people there. And, uh, you know, that was really cool uh, in the sense to just see the impact that's happening with Brotherhood and just the hunger uh, of guys. Uh, obviously, I think, you know, Jim has got a pretty you know cool thing that he has going on. So I think that drew some people. But I, I think on the other side... You know, there's some momentum with you know guys who are looking for community there there's guys that are, are looking for you know something more uh, they want to surround themselves with with uh, leaders they want to surround themselves with uh, like-minded individuals that are you know in kind of in the trenches with them going trying to go in the same direction and trying to accomplish those things and so you know all, all of that was really really cool to see um, but I if, if I were to kind of recap the end of it uh, the thing that really kind of struck me at the end was uh, Jim didn't, he just kind of ended, it, but he ended in such a way that it was, it was kind of funny to me. He just says, man, I'm just really humbled that all you guys came out and I'm, I'm actually humbled to be the administrator of NASA. Uh, it, it was, it was almost like he was just taking the moment in uh, and, and, and just, you know, just absorbing all, all of it because it was just really cool to see what God was able to do with, a fighter pilot with, with with a director of the Air and Space Museum, and and to see that journey and to see that path, and to turn around and say, "Man, look at what God was able to do with somebody who is willing to step into their purpose." And I, for me, that gives me hope uh, because you know, when Jim was nominated to be the NASA director, he was not qualified. <laughs> There's never been a uh, I think it's like a ne- there's never been a non like engineer scientist or whatever that's been the director of NASA. Like he's the first like guy that has not really had the qualifications to lead NASA. and he's the first guy in, you know, at least nine years to send Americans back into space uh, on American rockets from American soil. But if you think about how long it's been since we've been to the moon, uh, and, and to take the you know the goal that was set before him by the president to just say we're going to Mars, you know that's that's the next goal, and we're going to make that happen, and we're not going to do it on you know the traditional way that we've done it before. We're gonna we're gonna bring you know competition to this and bring outside uh, businesses into this and and really grow this thing. And it's just it's really cool to watch all of that stuff play out the way that it is and to have a guy like Jim who's, just grateful to be there, just grateful to be along the ride. You know, he's obviously diligent in what he's doing. He's, you know, you know, he's, he's, he's pushing and driving and making things happen. But, you know, you have a guy with a great heart, uh, and who appreciates the role that he's in. He, you know, he, I think he values the position and just wants to do the best for it and wants to get us to the moon. He wants that to happen and he's passionate about it. And, uh, you know, for me, that was, that was just as cool as everything else that he talked about, because I'm like, man, you know, I I think it's good to take, a moment sometimes and turn around and look back and recognize all the things that you know have gone well in your life or all the all the accomplishments that you do have and we, we talked about last last time when we climbed the mountain i i can't tell you how many times i turned around and looked back and was like holy cow look how far we've gone uh, i almost had to do that just as much as when i was looking at the top of the mountain of oh my goodness look at how much farther we have to go but i think it's really important you know in whatever role you're in whether it be you know you know, trying to, you know, get married, trying to have kids, trying to be successful, trying to, trying to be whatever else, uh, I heard a really cool quote, uh, and then I'll shut up cause I'm rambling, but, uh, I heard a really cool quote is, uh, you know, the moment that you're in right now is potentially the moment that you prayed for two years ago. And I think that when you really kind of think about that, it's, it's, you know, you've, you've, you you've fought and you've strived to get to where you are. And sometimes all we do is we we take uh, for granted where we are, because we're trying to get over there next. It's like it's this journey that we have that we're that we're going on. But I think sometimes it's important to to sit back and reflect upon all the all the wonderful things that have happened and 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 have that uh, attitude of gratitude uh, throughout your day, throughout your week. because that can be the thing that helps you with your significance if you're dealing with that, but ultimately will encourage you uh, when you're in those times of trials and tribulation and, and challenges to say, I was able to accomplish these things and that's prepared me for this. That's where that endurance comes from that we've talked about before. So just all those different things combined were, were kind of my key takeaways and, and, and what I really enjoyed from what Jim had to say. Yeah, that's
1: fantastic. Man, what a great breakfast, great conversation. You know, with, with the Brotherhood, we have a bit of a creed. It comes from Scripture. It's 1, um, 1 Peter two
0: seventeen: Honor all people, love the Brotherhood, fear God, and honor the King. And I think that if we can keep that on the forefront of our mind to encourage each other, Love the brotherhood, engage with the brotherhood. We're going to find more ways and more opportunities for us to come together. Um, this night of prayer coming up, uh, you know, hopefully this podcast is able to release before then so that you can make sure you register. I know that you're probably getting it on other areas. Uh, but if not, you know, take a moment. Just because it, it's not November 2nd doesn't necessarily mean that you can't take some time to to pray for our leaders and pray for the for our government and pray for our country. Uh, so, you know, take that time. Take that time to, to step back and and give thanks, first of all, for all that God's done. And second of all, to pray for those people that are in leadership roles, that are making these big decisions, uh, and just for the direction for our country. You know, I said it before, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who's in command. It doesn't matter who, what, 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 what person it is, what party it is, what, what politics are involved, you know, God's in control. And I think that sometimes we get so passionate about everything that's going on that we, we kind of lose sight of, you know, what, what God's actually doing in all of this. So with that. Like I said, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the King.